The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and, get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together. And it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with BetterHelp. Again, that's Better H-E-L-P. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on The Road to Rediscovery, we are passionate about giving you quality content that is of value to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear and you'd like to support, just visit roadtorediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We may even give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. You know, life can certainly be funny at times. Day by day, we're just going about things, minding our own business, and then bam, we suddenly lose track of our creativity or perhaps our momentum stalls. And so you ask yourself, what what caused these things to happen? And more importantly, how in the world can I bounce back from this, right? Well, my special guest is the founder and CEO of Karen Lou Creates, a company that helps business owners scale their business and get out of any slump they may be in and get over their plateau to take them to the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Karen Loftus to the show. Hey, Karen, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, Audrey. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks. Oh, likewise. Absolutely. Thanks. Okay. So, Karen, you you were an HR executive at, um, in, in a past life or career, right? Yep, I was. 
Okay. All right. Well, there was something I wanted to see if you can break down for the listeners. Um, on your website, you make reference to your career as an HR executive. And then you also make reference to, um, uh, quote, as a recovering HR executive. <laughs> so uh, how, do, how do the two differentiate? And if you can break that down for us. Sure, sure. Well, HR as a, uh, a specialty has a lot of specialties within the specialty. So I don't think a lot of people get into life saying, I'm going to become an HR professional. I mean, you might, you might, but many Maybe. of us um, fall into it. And we fall into it probably because we got into one of the niches within mm -hmm. the world of HR, which is exactly what I did. So I started in training and development. I moved mm -hmm. into organizational development. And then I manage teams and then I'm VP of HR, right? Yeah. And um, every time that happens, once you move away from being a specialist to a generalist, it includes all the other stuff that comes along with HR. And in that world, that includes mm -hmm. some things that aren't really quite so fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it might include labor relations, employee relations. It might yes. include comp and benefits. It yes. might include stuff that isn't necessarily the stuff that makes you get up in the morning and love what you do. Right. So, in a lot of ways, you do what you do because you're on this fast track and you're doing it and you think it's really great. And then you realize at some point in your life, I really don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And so in my case, I stepped back and said, well, what is it I really like to do? Mm -hmm. And I went back to the consulting, the OD, the organizational development and the training side, partially probably because that's where I started but also because I think that's where my skill sets are in developing and creating. And that's what I love to do. And so I'm a recovering HR executive because I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of really wonderful, um, there are a lot of really wonderful things that come along with having that exposure because mm -hmm. Face it, I mean, I'm on the executive team, I'm in the C-suite, I'm in the room, I have a seat at the table, mm -hmm. I'm involved, I'm helping build culture, mm -hmm. all of that wonderful stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, is it really what you want to do? And in my case, after doing it in a few companies, I said, no, I really don't. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I see, I see. So what were some of the... I guess, virtues or discoveries or maybe even rediscoveries that you uh, have encountered or maybe epiphanies that you've encountered uh, in the uh, recovering HR executive phase? Right. Well, the, the obvious thing to me is that everything's connected, right? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. mean, everything is connected and there is a ripple outcome to absolutely everything. So, mm -hmm. you know, you put the, the pebble in the water and it goes, right? And it right. touches other things. So whether that was during my life in HR or outside of it, things that I do have impact on other people, yes. on processes, yes. on systems, mm -hmm. on livelihoods, mm -hmm. on goals and desires, things that people might not even know that they're good at or they want to do. 
Right. And a lot of what I do is listen mm-hmm. and ask questions. And what's really cool about the work that I do is I don't have to know the answers because quite honestly, it's your job as the leader in your company to whom I'm consulting to know your industry, to right. know your company, to know what you do. And so I get to ask the stupid questions. I get to ask the questions, well, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, how uh-huh. does that play out for your team? Right. Well, what ha- what's happened when you try to do that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that is my learning right there because I'm, I'm learning like every every role I've had I've been in a variety of different industries. I didn't know anything about the airline industry. I didn't know anything about the printing newspaper industry. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the insurance industry mm-hmm. or nonprofit world or any of those other ones. That's the foreign language I learn when I go to work in a company because I do what I do and I overlay that with learning what does this company do and mm-hmm. how can I bring my skills and abilities to, to help. To, to the forefront. So because I say everything's connected, I have to realize that if I'm not listening well, I'm going to miss something important. And it could sure. be that they don't even, the person I'm talking to, whoever they are, that they might not even realize the importance of that thing that they're saying. Right. It might just be an offhand comment, well, we tried that before and it didn't work because blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the blah, 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 <laughs> could be like really important. And so right. it, it, that's the opportunity that I get to step back and say, so what I heard you say was, mm-hmm. and kind of repeat that back and say, mm-hmm. so am I right in saying that the implication of that to your organization was? Or right. so how did the employee engagement increase when you did that? Oh, it didn't. Okay, well, tell me about that, right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's 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 being able to ask the really obvious questions and not having any um, responsibility, ownership to having the answer because I I don't. That's that's kind of the beauty of it that mm-hmm. I get to ask the questions and from there I start connecting dots and that's where we then together come up with next steps. We brainstorm and we solve problems, um, but it's not—it's—it's it's not on me to know. It's on me to ask. That's a—that's got to be a pretty significant uh, weight off your shoulders because uh, it sounds like y- you know y- you have enough of 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 your specialty and what you do in in helping um, your client realize you know um, where they are and uh, fully understand where they want to be and then have a plan on how to get there. So, you know, I mean, having to deal with that enough without having to know the industry or how every little piece works right. um, has got to be a, a great, great relief for you. So you can yeah. focus on those other right. things. Right. So, um, and, and, you know, uh, you, you bring up, you bring up a very good point because I'm starting to think now when you ask those questions, um, they are basically helping you to help them, it sounds like. Is that right? Well, okay. because sometimes, many times, they have not articulated these things even mm-hmm. to themselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And right. so it's kind of like looking in the mirror mm-hmm. and saying, wow, I've never seen that before, mm-hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that kind of goes along with what you're just saying is there's there's sometimes the, oh, I don't know, the, the thought that you've got to use the jargon that is, <laughs> is what the world is all about. So uh -huh. what you just said a few minutes ago in my world is we look at the current state. We look at your, we brainstorm your future state. Mm -hmm. We do a gap analysis, right? Right. Exactly. Is that what you just said? Yes. Yes, but it are is. are those the words you use? No. No. Do I have to use those words? No. No. I just need to know that that's the framework and that when we talk in a very casual way, that that's really what I'm asking. That's yes. the picture I'm trying to paint. Yes. But it's their stuff that's what's framing the picture, Right. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, and, and, and those questions, um, they sound like they would be open-ended. Um, oh, the yes. questions sound, um, as if they, um, they, um, support and encourage introspection, which I think is very helpful to the client to, you know, reflect back on their own business and how they run things when you're trying to, fully, fully um, identify uh, and determine the current state. Um, right. So those there has to be a lot of introspective questions, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of pausing. A lot of pausing. <laughs> a lot of pause. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because really uh -huh. sometimes even when you're being creative and you're mm -hmm. innovating, mm -hmm. it's the thing after the pause that is typically the insightful, great, cool, wonderful thing. And, and why is that? Well, because um, a lot, of, a lot of kind of reasons that could go along with that is one, uh -huh. our brain thinks about the obvious solution, right? You, during the pause, right? But no, during like the normal conversation. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, you think about the first reason, the second reason, third reason, and then you stop thinking about reasons. Mm -hmm. And then we stop. <laughs> <laughs> There's the pause, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know? and yeah. it's like, and all of a sudden there's like another idea. Mm -hmm. And that idea usually comes out of left field or it's connected to a previous thought, or it's a jumping right. off place from another thought, or mm -hmm. they thought, well, that was too silly to mention, mm -hmm. but you're not saying anything. So I guess I will. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. And yeah. so it's it's what comes after the obvious that is oftentimes where innovation comes from. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so those principles such as what you just mentioned, okay, and um the open-ended questions, the introspection introspective questions that, that you ask uh your clients and right. you know the full transparency and letting them know, hey, I don't know about your business. So I'm going to be asking these questions, um, as well as the authenticity of asking those questions. Um, would you say that uh, those virtues are among those that are foundational to Karen Lou Creates? Yeah, you know, they mm -hmm. are. And it it actually is foundational into the name of my company, if I might explain. Yes, please. So, so there are only a few people in the world that call me Karen Lou. Because mm -hmm. my name is Karen Louise is my middle name. Okay. My mom and dad and my two sisters are the only people 
that have ever called me Karen Lou. Oh, okay. And so when I was looking at how do I create a business that's truly authentic mm -hmm. and me, mm -hmm. I don't want to be anyone else. I want to be me. Right, right. How, what can I do? What can I call this thing that resonates with me and reminds me every single day to be true to myself? Yes. And Karen Wu wow. takes me back. It just hit me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's not about me trying to play some great words into whatever. Right, so right. So you get the Karen Lou, and yeah. the creates is what I do. That's my thing. I create. Yeah. yeah. I love wow. creating processes. I love mm -hmm. creating leaders. I love mm -hmm. creating teams. I love mm -hmm. creating my artwork. Mm -hmm. I create. And so to mm -hmm. me, those two things together mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. the antithesis of what I do. And what better thing to be reminded every single day that that's what I stand for. I love, love, love the context and how you explained the name of your company, Karen. I really, really do. Um, just like you said, the first part of your, of your, your company name is, um, it grounds you, you know, and, and it, and it, and it helps you realize and remember where you've, where you come from, you know, yep. um, there's a, there's a heartwarming or heartfelt type of uh, vibe that I picked up from it. Um, in, in, in that name, it's an intimate yeah. name, you know, um, uh, only shared, you know, amongst your, your, your family circle. And then the second part is your passion. It's what you do. It's your specialty, yeah. you know, putting those two together, I mean, is, is just a constant reminder of your, what I like to call your why, right? Yep. Um, what is your why? And I always have to recenter back to my why whenever I have those, those days of feeling um, um, not, not so much disengaged, but disenchanted, you know, mm -hmm. there's ups right. and downs sure. and so Absolutely. forth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, speaking of disengagement, I wanted to maybe chat about that a little bit. Um, can you share with the listeners um, when it comes to, uh, it, let's say, one disengaged employee, right? I mean, you, you've, you've, you've mentioned or made the reference or um, the analogy before about the pebble in, in, in the water, right. you know? So right. um, can you talk about the significance and tremendous yeah. impact that um, just one disengaged employee can have on a team and a company? Right. Absolutely. Well, let me paint a picture for you first, if I can. Sure. So picture a fence. Mm -hmm. Picture somebody sitting on the fence. Mm -hmm. And you can wobble and you can fall off. Right. 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 And so if you fall this way, you're engaged. If you fall this way, you're disengaged. Right. Right. And there are clearly people that are engaged team members. Yes. They love what they do. They're yes. doing what they do well. They feel recognized for it. They feel connected to the organization. All of those things that make an engaged employee. And let me just back up and say, I use the word employee, but I also use that term generically. Because sure. I recognize in some organizations that could be a full-time or part-time employee. They could yeah. be a contractor. They could right. be that independent contractor. They could be, they could be, they could be any number of things, but mm -hmm. the team member is the mm -hmm. person I'm talking about. Right. Yes. So that person, if they are clearly engaged, 
that's where you want them to be. If they're not engaged, which is what you're talking about, that's problematic. But what mm -hmm. we know is the person that's on the fence could go either way. I see. So I see. You, you have that disgruntled, disengaged employee having the ear of the fence sitter. That person's going to fall off the disengaged way. Right. They're not going to go the engaged route. And that, no. when you look at the data of where our engaged employees are, mm -hmm. those fence sitters can make a tremendous difference to your organization if they just fell to the engaged side. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah, and in so, a good way. Yeah. Yeah, in a definitely a good way. So mm -hmm. the question I think you, you asked is, what are some of those like telltale signs? What What is it about that disengaged employee? Yeah. So... The converse of what I just said, they don't feel connected. Right. They, There are some very, um, uh, the Gallup survey, as an example, is a survey of employee engagement. And one of the most obvious questions they ask that people who see the survey for the first time, it's only 12 questions. And one of them is, do you have a best friend at work? Mm -hmm. And they go, that's the silliest question I've ever heard. <laughs> right. Why is that on my employee engagement survey? Yeah, yeah. Well, because the data shows that if you have a close affiliation to someone at work, you mm -hmm. are typically more engaged. You're more connected to the organization. You're more yes. attuned to what's going on. You're happier, yes. all those things. So yes. that disengaged employee is one that may not actually be doing what they like to do. And mm. we know we know those people, right? And and yeah. sometimes that's by choice, but sometimes that's by circumstance also. There's also a piece of disengagement or engagement, depending on which side of the, <laughs> the fence you're on, right. that's about um, recognition of the work you're doing mm -hmm. and per personal and professional development. So if that leader is not leading that employee to do the things that would provide developmental opportunities and connections to the organization right. and connecting the dot to how their job is not just a cog in the wheel, right, but right. that they are part of the bigger picture of this organization. All those things that the leader can do to help that employee become engaged. And unfortunately, there are leaders that are disengaged too. Mm -hmm. So That's now true. you got a double whammy kind of going on <laughs> left in your organization because that disengaged leader is not developing their employees because they themselves aren't engaged, right? Well, yeah. And and if the leader's not engaged, then you know the disengaged employee is probably thinking, well, you know what reason do I have to be engaged? Right. You know, right. he or she is not engaged, you know? Right. And so, and, and I, I really appreciate the, that insight uh, for sure, Karen. Um, and, and it leads me to ask one kind of follow-up question to the disengagement question. Sure. Um, and and I, I think I know the answer, but I don't think, <laughs> I may not. Um, so is being disengaged synonymous with low morale or can you have one without the other? I would say generically, yes, that okay. they, they are the same because okay. morale comes from 
kind of a combination of, um, I guess I can't tell you what a definition of high morale is, but it's those attributes that you would want to see in an employee. So you're right on saying your gut. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, What morale looks like for one person might look different than another. And that's why it's such a individual sort of thing and why that leader is so important that, you know, they need to make sure they're not wearing the boss hat, but yeah. they're wearing the coach hat because the coach is the one that's going to get in there and talk to them, develop them, ask them the questions, give them new opportunities. The boss is just going to want to make sure they're being productive and getting the job done. Right. The coach, that's where the support lives right there right. W- within the coach for sure. Right. Right. Oh, this is awesome. I mean, the listeners are learning some great insights as far as how teams work and the impact that this engagement can have and the potential that being engaged can have on the success right. of a team or a company. Um, I want to, I want to quickly touch on, um, uh, the great resignation. And then after that, I'd love to talk about um, this chief engagement officer that, um, that you, 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 you've spoke of before when we had a, an earlier chat. Right. So regarding the great resignation, Karen, um, I think it's safe to say at this point that the pandemic has caused or helped cause a pretty significant paradigm shift in how we work. Um, Will the great resignation do the same? And if so, in what way? Right. Well, the, the, the pandemic certainly was a tipping point of sorts Mm -hmm. for the great resignation to happen. So certainly companies have gone out of business, have downsized, have pivoted to do something else, have (laughs) all these other things that they've done. Yes. which has either caused that employee to lose their job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or the work has changed or the colleagues that they were working with have left and now left everything that they used to do. And now it's now on my plate too. Yes. So now I'm doing multiple things. I'm mm-hmm. not really loving doing their stuff too. They may or may not be working remotely or in a hybrid sort of environment. Right. Um, and so you know, their daycare might be affected, their family dynamics have been affected, their kids are met in school, and where are they in school? Are they doing Mm -hmm. it remotely in a third bedroom? I mean, you know, all these things are kind of coming into play. So yes, the great resignation has absolutely impacted organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, It is one of those things that I honestly don't know that you're ever going to see what was normal again. Yeah. Normal again. Right. Because mm-hmm. there, there are some employers who have just said pretty quickly out of the box, we're not going back to the, the to the office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're 100 percent remote. Now, that's pretty cool in a lot of ways. That gives a whole lot of flexibility. So, I mean, there's a whole lot of pluses to it. But there is a new thing that has happened that has hit my radar of recently. And there are some companies who are now trying to pull their employees back into the office, whether it's full-time or hybrid or, or right. whatever. Right. And there's a large percentage of employees who do not want to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, 
uh, don't want to put you on the spot, but why do you suppose that is? <laughs> why do you suppose they don't want to go back? Well, you know, um, from what I've learned, at least in my personal experience with my company, is uh, these employees during this time of working remotely have uh, have uh, discovered some conveniences, savings and gas and commuting and wear and tear on the vehicle, um, being able to to work and, and, and finish a report and then turn around and uh, make a sandwich or turn around and uh, help a daughter uh, with her homework. Yep. You know, it, it, those 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 conveniences where they're just a few steps away between, you know, their quote office and uh, right. tending to a family related need. Right. Uh, I, I think is is that somewhere in the ballpark? That is absolutely a huge, huge part of it. Mm. And now I want to take a step off of that. Okay. Because that is absolutely there, and it's a huge, yes. huge, huge portion. Yes. But mm. because some folks are disengaged or not fully engaged, mm -hmm. they're saying, you know, I'm able to get my work done, but I don't really feel valued here. So oh. now they have a second gig. Ah, okay. And that second gig can be done whenever. Sometimes mm -hmm. it has parameters to it. Sure. But that gig can be done. And it probably should be done from home. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. But if no, they go back sense. into the workplace, how's that going to work? Yeah, there's a limitation there. So yeah. employees, some employees are saying, I don't want to go back to work because I got this side gig that's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So the question is, what does the leader think about that? Do mm -hmm. about that? Do mm -hmm. the, is it even on their radar, right? Okay. Right, right. Yeah. So... You know, I mean, there are a couple of schools of thought here, right? You could take the hard line and say, you are on my payroll from this time to this time. And so I expect you to do blah, blah, blah. The me. hard line, the mandate. Right? Yeah, right? yeah. Right. Uh -huh. Other side is, let's say they're an exempt employee, which mm -hmm. is a professional employee who's paid a salary, not an hourly. Sorry, that was my HR thing coming out. So I'm in HR, I understand. <laughs> I know exempt. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. okay. Um, so that person, the other side of the continuum could be, they're saying, well, you're an exempt employee. We pay you to do your job. Whenever you do it, you do it. And mm -hmm. as long as you do your job, that's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. But then there's a swath in the middle mm -hmm. that is something else. And so what's the leader going to do about that? Mm -hmm. Well, that hard nosed one could write a new policy. But is that really going to change the culture of the organization? Because that right. new policy would tell the culture that that employee that this is the culture that I'm in. Do yeah. I really want to be here? Yeah. Do I really want to do this? Right, Keep right. doing this. Or is it somewhere else on the continuum? And so those are some of the decisions the leaders need to make to even understand, well, why, why does this person think they have a need to do something else. Is it is it a financial thing? And certainly there is a financial component. I mean, some people, because 
a spouse lost a job, they're trying to make up income, or now they have to pay for sure. daycare, school, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But what what could the leader be doing about that? Great question. And I'm thinking that takes us to the CEO that leaders must embrace. Right, right. The chief so, engagement officer. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all know the acronym of CEO, right? <laughs> right. I mean, we know yeah, what we it stands do. for. Yeah, and we I, do. And I'm just here to say, yeah, okay, but why not rethink of it as mm -hmm. chief engagement officer? I like that. Because your company is your product and services. That's right. That are sold, are created, are modeled after your employees. Yes. We know, just based on everything we just talked about, that an engaged workforce is, and again, maybe I haven't shared any of these stats with you, but the, the data on employee engagement, all the drivers, the key performance indicators that a company would want to have are impacted by high employee engagement. Yes. So turnover decreases, customer satisfaction increases, sales and revenue increases, safety incidents decrease, um, Quality. Pilferage, pilferage, which is stealing by employees, mm -hmm. decreases. Yes. Quality improvement. I mean, so all of those metrics that a company mm -hmm wants to measure and probably does measure every month or every quarter, every year mm -hmm. are impacted by higher employee engagement. Yes. So why would the leaders of your organization not want an engaged workforce? I mean, productivity. Okay. Just let's just take productivity. Yeah. I read an article today that said that I think it was 53 that an employee I think it was 53% of employees are productive for 60%, six hours a day. Really? Huh. They six. have to be engaged for that type of output. I you know, imagine. but yeah. only six hours and only 53% mm. are engaged for six hours. So. Oh, I see what you're, what you're saying. So if you have a more productive workforce you're producing more widgets you're taking more phone calls you're doing more stuff yes whatever that right. stuff is and that mm -hmm. stuff sells products or services right so wouldn't you want your employees to be more productive well yeah so in order to do that one way to do that is to create a more engaged workforce so and you know the thing is Aubrey that this all sounds woo woo Right. It all sounds <laughs> yeah. kind of loose. It all sounds so yeah. You know, for a lot of leaders, this isn't real. This 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 can't be real. It's not yeah. about all the yeah. stuff I learned in business econ and stats right. and all my business law classes and you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. But perhaps it's because you didn't have any human relations sort of kind of connection to the work you were doing mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the focus wasn't on your employees it was on the numbers and so mm. you know the the employees come after the numbers but i'm saying put the employees above the numbers and the numbers will come up the numbers will come i i totally understand i totally agree um that that's the beautiful byproduct it sounds like yep absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. 
Man, that is tremendous. So um, one thing I was um, I, 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 I was wondering as, as you were explaining this, Karen, is um, uh, we talked about the change or the shift in how we work now. There's, you know, some companies are, you know, all physically in a building working and some companies are on yep. now all remote and there's a hybrid right. of some, right. some companies are a hybrid. Um, <clears throat> so um, has that had an impact on how you interact and work with businesses? You may have a client that's uh, based on the nature of their work. Everyone comes to work. And so when you're right. there, you are working there physically with the right. leaders and, right. and, and determining, you know, the um, current situation with their teams and so forth. And then there are some where, you know, you may have a client who operates, say, a hybrid model. You right. know, so so does does that does that cause you to pivot in in how you help and support uh, your clients uh, right. based on their their model that they sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, it certainly does. I'm I'm starting an engagement with a new client that I've had the first call, the second call, and now we're trying to figure out where 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 it's really going to go. And we're starting yeah. with a leadership team, which of course gotcha. makes sense, right? Because yeah. the leadership team doesn't isn't all on the same page, a lot of stuff isn't going to work anyhow, right? Mm -hmm, so, um, and in their case, they are kind of in the, what I would call the hospitality industry. Yes. Um, and so they have the added challenges that many of the hospitality industries have, and that is hiring frontline workers that are brick and mortar. They're working in a facility, right? You right, can't right. change beds. You can't fix the maintenance. You can't do right. the grounds. You can't, you know, you can't do any of that unless you're there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the employees in that organization need to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and so when I'm starting with the leadership team, the first really conversation is again, kind of what's working what's not working, where do you want to be? Um, how does that compare to, and they're part of a parent organization, you know, they're a facility within a parent organization. Yes. And so they have some data that they can go back to that compares their facility with their other facilities across okay. the across the nation. Yeah. And so to some degree, we actually have some data to look at, although some of the leadership team has changed. And okay. so now it gives the organization the opportunity to look at things with a fresh pair of eyes and say, is this, we know the direction the company organization is going, but is yeah. the way we've been doing it here the way we want to be doing it? So what will happen is that meeting and work with the leadership team will likely happen hybrid in a hybrid way some of it'll be on site some of it'll be remote right but when it actually gets to if it does in fact get to working with the local facility mm -hmm. then i do believe that some of my work will be on site if that's the direction the leadership team thinks you know we ought to go right. but technology is a beautiful thing i mean we're we're not limited to it have to being this and i mean it's so funny because you know, when the pandemic started, there were so many um, managers in that command and control 
kind of place where they need right. to have eyeballs on you and bugs yes. and yes. and, <laughs> and then the pandemic hit and it's like we can't right we just literally can't yeah so yeah. then the company the leadership team pivoted and said okay well now we're doing this we have no choice mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you realize it's working yes <laughs> absolutely that's it's that's working. what we discovered yeah you know and yeah. so and, and so shifting back to something other than that yeah can be difficult but that said there is that um camaraderie component Yes. Of that morale component, the feeling connected component, because I I believe there are employees, especially, and I don't want to generalize based on, you know, the generations. Sure, sure. Oftentimes we have seen that the younger employees are changing jobs more frequently than older employees have. Uh Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not a surprise to any of us. Right. I think that I have seen, and I don't have empirical data to say this, but I think there are plenty of folks that are joining companies and leaving without having ever met their manager or their colleagues. That is incredible. Isn't that a? Isn't that like? I mean, I I say it's a shame. It's I mean, astounding. It, yeah. But really, when you think about it, if what. What is the option? Are they going to fly the entire team in for a team building session? Right. I, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but what can they do? They can do monthly, you know, roadmap calls. They can sure do can. quarterly recognition. They mm-hmm. can do, they can send the people mugs and fill them with candy bars. I mean, who knows? They can do a number of things. Oh, yeah. That, that, that try to do that, that try to emulate it, will it look different? Absolutely. It will, yeah. But at the risk of not doing anything? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think, and again, to me, that comes back to creativity, right? To be creative in trying to, um, to, to, to create and to be innovative in developing new ways to virtually right. connect for those new hires that are working 100, 200, 300 miles away from, say, the headquarters and having those virtual team building activities and being creative about it. So it all comes back to creativity, like you said. Right. Right. Well, let's think about it not just being a couple of hundred miles apart. Now, the HR recruiter isn't limited to hiring something, somebody in your town. That's true. The world is their oyster, right? So now you have a manager that's located here Mm -hmm. and that employee is in Australia. Oh, sure. Now you have a 13 hour time zone difference. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) And all of a sudden two and three and four o'clock becomes when all your meetings are Mm -hmm. because that's their morning tomorrow. Right. You know, and so it's, it's just changing. It's just changing. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it really is. It really is for sure. And, uh, and, and again, to me, the creativity is almost, uh, it's almost the nucleus when it comes to, you know, um, how it changes, how can we uh, sustain the change or sustain, say, our business 
-hmm. in the midst of the change, right? Right. Uh, right. That's that's very important right. to consider, uh, as I'm sure the business leaders are, as I'm sure you are bringing to light for the right. business leaders. Right. Yeah. Karen, the, okay, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that yeah. whole concept of creativity and agile approach to change yes. Yes. is so important because, you know, while I got to admit, I don't like put put like putting out schlocky product. I right. believe in my heart that it needs to look great. It needs yeah. to be great. It needs mm -hmm. to because that represents me. But there's a fine line between getting it done and getting it done with perfection. Yes, because that so that agile approach to let's incrementally change and check it out and yeah. see how it's going mm -hmm. is a great thing. And we, in our remote environment, um, we can do that. Yes. We can do that so easily yes. and we can get feedback along the way. So why, why not? No, agreed. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Agreed. So, so Karen, how can the listeners connect with you and learn more about the, the, the great services that, that you're extending to, um, to small business owners? Sure. Absolutely. Well, aside from my obvious LinkedIn profile, which I obviously, I got the name Karen Loftus. So there you go. LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's me. Um, <laughs> but the other option obviously is my website, KarenLukeCreates.com. And okay. I have, a section on there that is a bunch of freebies because mm -hmm. again i feel like giving it away is you know lets people try out things whether they're sure. infographics or quick mm -hmm. videos or mm -hmm. you know pdfs of tools that i use or whatever yeah. so um certainly feel free to go to my website karenlukecreates.com okay and um and with that you can see about some of the coaching opportunities i provide and okay. just learn a little bit more about me fantastic we are going to definitely make sure that we put direct links um okay. to connecting with you on linkedin okay. as well as your website to see all the freebies that you have to offer um to to, to, to get people at least on the track of, of, of thinking about, you know, if they're currently uh, in a rut or in, at a plateau, you know, thinking about how to get out of that or what are some of the causes for getting into that, or maybe they want to be proactive and have these tools available or at least the information on, on how to, you know, how to, um, how to get out of that uh, ahead of time. You know, right, thinking right. that that inevitable time will come when they reach right. the plateau. How right. will they respond? Right. 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 Yeah. And that solopreneur entrepreneur yes. is a perfect person for that thought because mm -hmm. they know that growth is coming. Yes. And they know, you know, after you hire a VA, you're going to start hiring. You're going to mm -hmm. start hiring. Mm -hmm. And most entrepreneurs start a business because they love the thing that they do, that they yeah. created. Right. But they don't. They don't have a need to be a leader. They just need to be able to sell their thing. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden it's a business and mm -hmm. they need to start growing a team. And now, my goodness, I have yes. to lead people. Yeah. So, yeah, it can it's it's an amazing opportunity to have light bulbs go off for people. Yeah, no, it can certainly snowball for sure. Yeah, for sure. Karen Loftus, everyone. Karen, thank you so, so very much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate the insights. I know 
what you shared has definitely resonated with the listeners in terms of uh, just just identifying, you know, when they're in a rut or when they are uh, at a plateau and 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 the importance of being engaged right uh, mm-hmm. as well as the implications uh, when when someone is not engaged so thanks again for coming on the show for, for sure thank Karen. you thank you so much aubrey appreciate it oh my pleasure and i want to thank all of you for coming on to uh tuning in and listening to the show and if you have a loved one or a friend or a colleague who has reached their plateau uh and not quite sure how to regain their momentum, not quite sure how to turn things around and rediscover their creativity, I humbly ask that you please share the show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there's always hope. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.